Hello, and thank you for tuning in and listening to Mosley's Bench. This show has been created and designed by former judge Fred M. Mosley. Please stay connected as you will learn more about the laws of life, how it applies to your life, and so much more. Buckle in. May we bow. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. This is Tawanda on behalf of Mosley's Bench. Today is Friday, August 28th, 2020. The law of life we will review today is the law of vengeance coming from Romans 12 and 19. I will now turn the call over to Judge Mosley. Thank you very much, Tawanda. The law of vengeance. The Apostle Paul says to us in the book of Romans, recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, Avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good, the law of vengeance. And we're primarily emphasizing the fact and the scriptural reference, vengeance belongs to God. God is the one who has the authority to recompense. The name of the ministry that God has called us to is Justice, J-U-S-T-I-C-E, Ministries, Justice Ministries. And the reason that the ministry is named Justice Ministries is because people, including believers, are looking for justice in all the wrong places. I'm going to repeat that. Believers are looking for justice in all of the wrong places. You know where most people, again, including believers, are looking for justice? They're looking for justice to come out of and from a building that is named a justice center. I'm here to say to you, having worked in secular law for over 50 years and been in and out of many, many buildings, federal and state, that was municipal also, that are referred to as justice centers, I say to you that very little justice is meted out in those buildings. That is not said to be critical. It's just said as a fact because the only place and the only entity from whom we receive absolute and perfect justice is from Father God. So that's the premise we want to establish early on, and I'm going to touch upon a few more scriptures, and then we're going to go into more discussion concerning the law of vengeance. Romans 12, 19 says, uh, avenge not yourselves, 
Deuteronomy 32:35 says, "To me belongeth vengeance and recompense regarding to Father God, to whom vengeance belongs." Deuteronomy 32:41, "I will render vengeance." Psalm 58:10, "The righteous shall rejoice when he sees vengeance." Psalm 94:1, "O Lord, to whom vengeance belongs." Isaiah 47.3, nakedness shall be uncovered. I want you to watch this closely. Thy shame be seen. I will take vengeance. Have you, and whatever number of years you've been here, I've been here a good number of them, and Anita's been here for a few, and Tawanda's been here for a few, and Alexis, you may be the one who's been here for the least number of years, but in the years, the seven decades that I've been on this earth, I cannot reflect on a time where so much is being uncovered. Things that happened years, decades, even centuries ago are being uncovered during this time period. A good friend of mine who is a pastor, and he puts it this way, you better make certain your sheep are clean because the cover is coming off. The cover is coming off during this season. And what does that have to do with vengeance? It's because those who have transgressed the word of God, who may have thought that they've gotten away with it or with whatever they may have been doing, and some who went through our secular justice system, they were of the impression that that was the end of it, that was all of it, that uh, justice, uh, vengeance had been meted out, but it goes much deeper than that. And why do I say it goes much deeper? Is because we only see a small fraction of what is taking place by way of recompense when someone does wrong. But on the other side, and this is what we want to make certain that we understand, all of these laws of life have a positive and a negative side. There is a positive side of recompense. There's a positive side of vengeance because vengeance basically is saying that true justice is to take place. It doesn't mean it has to necessarily be punitive. It does not necessarily have to be something vindictive to get back at somebody, but uh, it refers to it refers to perfect justice. This law of life works very closely with some other laws of life that we've discussed, one being the law of forgiveness. And I made the statement during that conversation that one way you can clearly, uh, truly understand if you have forgiven someone is that when that person's name is mentioned, that you don't have a negative thought that comes to your mind or stirs up in your heart. Or someone that you reflect upon during the middle of the night, some person who has transgressed against you, and you're so filled with anger, art, animosity, unforgiveness, and vengeance that you can hardly go back to sleep because that person's name that rings in your ears and in your heart with respect to what that person did, and you want in your heart to see that person repaid. Now, also, I make the comment, and I'll make it again today, that there are two types of vengeance, active vengeance and 
passive or inactive vengeance. Now, active vengeance is when someone has done something that I consider to be improper, someone has done something to me that I consider to be something that should not have been done. And that my attitude is that that person has wronged me. And you hear so much of it. And not only in the secular arena, but also in Christian circles. You hear so many individuals that say that I'm a believer, but what he did to me or what she did to me, I will never forget it. And not only will I never forget it, but when the opportunity presents itself, I am going to get that person back. I don't care how long it takes, I am going to get them back. That is active vengeance. And so much of that is in the hearts of people today. As I said before, not just secular individuals, but those who profess to be believers, that they are not satisfied until they can get that person back. Again, in and every time they hear something positive said about that person, they either want to make a negative statement concerning that individual, or if they're not in a setting where they can make a negative statement, at least they're in a position where in their heart they're reflecting upon what that person did, reflecting upon how, if at all, they are going to get that person back. Some people spend a lifetime dealing with something that happened to them when they were small children or the teenage years, young adults, and they're in their 50s and 60s, 70s, even older now, and they're still holding to it and still looking for that outlet whereas they can execute vengeance on that person. And God is saying to us that we don't have authority to exact vengeance on anybody. And again, when we use the term vengeance, we're talking about justice. We don't have the authority to, make, to bring about perfect justice as it relates to that situation. God says, I, there's some authority that God has reserved to himself. And that's one of the areas of authority that he has reserved. That is the area of vengeance. God is saying, that is in my parameters. That is in my daily way. I am the only entity that can deal with true, perfect justice, bring about vengeance in a particular situation. And if you endeavor to do it, you are out of order. Not only are you out of order, you set something else in motion when you do that. Because when you plant seeds of vengeance, you can expect a harvest a reciprocal harvest of vengeance flowing back to you from other sources. Again, the scripture makes it clear. God says that is something that's in my purview, in my authority, and in my authority alone. So we talked just briefly about active vengeance. Now, I'm sure maybe Anita or Alexis may have some thoughts or comments concerning someone that they know, and hopefully not them, but if so, so be it, that is operating in active vengeance and may have said to one of them that someone really mistreated me a while ago and now I'm in a position to pay them back. If I'm not in a position to pay them back, I'm looking for the day that someone else will be in a position to pay them back because they deserve to get back from someone else what they did to me. 
That's the way the word should function. That's the way repayment takes place, and they should bear the brunt of something similar to what they did to me. They should feel the same hurt that I felt. They should feel the same embarrassment that I felt when they did whatever they did to me. But keeping in mind, vengeance goes beyond our finite minds. Vengeance goes beyond a guilty verdict in a secular courthouse. Guilt, vengeance goes beyond a person being sent to prison for a lifetime. Vengeance goes even beyond a person being sent to the gas chamber, the electric chair, whatever vehicle of execution a state or the federal government may have. Vengeance is making right a wrong situation. With that, maybe we'll take a short break and see what Anita and Alexis might have to add to what we've already shared. Well, I am so sorry to tell you that I cannot go to break before I say this. And this is definitely not Anita, and this is definitely not Alexa. This is Tawanda. But, you know, Judge Mosley, and today's Friday, and I just have to wave my hand because we know that God is always at work. And um, listening to what you're talking about today, I can't tell anybody else's story. I just have to tell my own. And, And this is such an amazing, amazing law, such an amazing, amazing topic. And as I throw my hand up and wave and I just say, thank you, Jesus, I say, thank you, God, for giving me a clean heart. Thank you, God, for filling it with love. We talked about the law of love because in life I know we've all been done wrong. But unfortunately, there are some people that have so much hate and vengeance in their heart that they say, I'll never forgive him, I'll never forgive her, and I'm going to get him back if I can. I I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. And I pray for people like that because I don't know their story, I don't know their hurt, but I know who God is, and I know God forgives us over and over and over. I have so many family members, Judge Mosley, that hadn't talked in 20 and 30 years. Some have died hating siblings, and it's broken my heart. Even now, when I talked to some some relatives recently, I said, listen, I know you ain't talked to in 25, 30 years. Now it's only three of you guys left. It's eight of y'all, now it's three. Can can we work something? They said, no, no. I'll die before I speak to her. She can spit on my grave, and it breaks my heart when I look at so many people in the world that just hate others and I understand you've been done wrong because guess what judge Moses, people have done me wrong people have I told you for the situation people have yeah. done me wrong too but you know what I've never been able to hold it against them in my heart I, I never even really understood it. You, and people have said, you know what, Solana, you're from the country, and you're really just kind of slow because you're from South Carolina. That That's why you don't really understand how it goes. And I'm like, you know what, I'll be in the, I'll be from the country because I, yeah. God has filled my heart with so much love. I can't. I can't want to hurt anyone else, even someone who's hurt me. I don't even wish bad for my pray for him because I said, I know who God is. God loves me. May God have mercy on you if you're doing people wrong because God says vengeance is mine. So today, I know we got to go to break. And, and, and Alexis, Anita, I know you guys want to say something, but for those that's listening, we're talking about the law of vengeance. And what Judge Mosley had written here is the word of God says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. This implies that if we take vengeance ourselves, 
we have not only violated a sacred law, but taken what belongs to God. And I tell you, we do not want to feel God's wrath. So we got to get in order. We have to get in order. And Judge Mosley, today, before you let us off this call, anyone that is ha- their heart is hardened, they have vengeance, I know you're going to have something to say to that person to speak to their heart because we do not ever want to violate God. Amen. Yes. Today you are listening to former Judge Fred M. Mosley as he talks about and educates us about one of his laws of life. To find out about all 50 Laws of Life, please go to anotherchancemedia.org and pre-order his book and workbook. All right. Back to you guys, Judge Mosley. And I know you were asking Alexis or Anita if they would want to share. So um, we'll go ahead and um, you go first, Anita, if you have something you want to share or comment, please. I think I agree with you. A lot of times in, in uh, families, that is the case where there's somebody holds a grudge for a very long time. It also happens a lot in church, which the people that you should, it should be happening with, it does happen, and they have a hard time letting it go. But in my, personally, I don't have anybody that I would have revenge for. What, what went that? I've had people that I've had to forgive, and it was hard to forgive but not to the point where I had re- wanted to have revenge or vengeance on them. Um, but I do think people have a mindset of an eye for an eye, and they think it's biblical and they think biblical. it's right. And I, I think it, it's a lot in uh, males. I, I think men have that in their heart more than women do, but they think eye for an eye is the way that it is to be a man. What do you think about that? A good comment, Anita, and uh, I and I have no reason to disagree with you that men hold closer to an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I will say this: it's based upon my experiences over the years. The ladies run at a close second because they can hold yeah, a yeah. long time, and, and and they can think of some some devious ways. <laughs> To get back. Yeah, I've been person. told that too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you're right. Where, where a man might be physical about it, a woman would be um, more underhanded. We're going to throw a pot of grits on you. How about that? <laughs> okay. I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't get me started, Anita. Alexis, any comments or questions or anything you want to share with Judge Mosley about that? Alexis, are you there? I'm here. Sorry. Um, I wanted to say that I've experienced that within my own family, where I think it's interesting that Anita said some people hold on to grudges. Like in my family, I like to think of them as two different generations. The older um, generations include um the aunts and uncles and stuff like that. And the younger generation, I refer to the kids who were born in this country. My family has held on to a grudge for over 30 years. And they will not let it go because every time we have a family event, 
or every time we have a family situation. The grudge always rears its ugly head to the point where hateful words are said and everybody ends up storming out in an angry huff. So I wanted to say that it's pretty interesting because the younger generation, we don't put up with that because we learned from the adults where we don't want to live our lives to the point where we're going to hold on to a grudge for 30-plus years. We, I doubt the adults can even remember how the grudge started. And <laughs> they just do acts of vengeance against each other where they can't seem to forgive. They can't let it go. And if they have a chance to get back on one another, they take that opportunity. While the younger generation, me, my sister, and my cousins, we try to be close. We don't hold a grudge. We, I'm not going to say that we're perfect and like we don't get upset with each other, but when we're, or once we get upset, words are exchanged. We let some time in between cool off. We get back together. We have a, co- a conversation. We hash it out. We apologize. But unlike the older generation, we don't hold the, cr- uh, the grudge. We just bury the hatchet and move on. And the fight or whatever happened is never brought up again. And, like, that's the difference in my family in the older and younger generation. Because in the older generation, even if they will say sorry, even if, 10, 20 years have passed, they're still going to bring up whatever happened. And to this day, I still don't understand what happened 30, 40 years ago. (laughs) That's an interesting observation, Alexis. (laughs) Very interesting observation. Along with that, we talked about active vengeance. And Alexis, you also touched upon inactive or passive uh, vengeance. Now, passive vengeance is that vengeance when someone I perceive has done something uh, wrong against me. And I'm not committed to trying to get them back myself. I'm not going to encourage anybody else to try to get after them or back at them for what they may have done to me. But in my heart, embedded in my heart, is a deep-seated unforgiveness, ill will, vengeance against that person, and I want to see something bad, not just surface bad, but I want to see something very, very bad happen to that person. I don't exclaim it by way of expressing it verbally, but it's in my heart. It's a heart thing. I can't get over it because of what that person did, and I cannot, not that I'm even making mention of it to another family member or to anyone else, but in my heart I still have that art against that person. That is inactive vengeance, and you know under the law of accountability and responsibility, I'm held as accountable for inactive vengeance as I am for active vengeance because vengeance is a condition of the heart. And Alexis, as you pointed out, there's so many who've been carrying uh, vindictiveness and won't uh, want to see uh, someone receive re- ill recompense, not good recompense, but ill recompense to come to another person. And I think it was the first time I heard the statement made that uh, there's a difference between generations and I'm going to have to look at that even a little more closely because I will I will admit and agree with you, Alexis, is that it's the older generation that seems to be able to hold on to to vengeance much longer, and many uh, and very fa- many various family members 
They have been holding on to vengeance, not for weeks and months and years, but for decades. And you know what that takes me back to, the law of sowing and reaping. The longer you leave something vested, effective, the more difficult it is to pull it out. An example in the natural. If I'm growing a garden and I see some weeds starting to sprout up in my garden, the sooner I pick those weeds out or pull them out, the easier it is for me to get them out. But the longer I allow those weeds to take root and really get themselves established in the soil, it's much more difficult to rid ourselves of it. And I perceive that's similar with human beings. That's why you find so many mean old folks because they've allowed it to fester over the years, and root has been taken deeper and deeper and deeper in their spirits, and it's so much more difficult for them to release that vengeance that is growing on a daily basis in their hearts. So that is a very interesting observation about the difference in generations as it relates to vengeance. But we, I think we all agree, God says vengeance is mine and that you're trespassing. And as to one to point out, it's a dangerous place to be to trespass on the authority of the Almighty God. Mm, glory. Can you tell us a little bit about... Have... Go ahead, Anita. Oh, don't you think that the second one, the inactive, is more prominent, that people probably struggle with that one more? I mean, like I would never go out and hurt somebody, but... I, I might hold something in my heart more. Well, I was certainly the the inactive vengeance is much more prevalent than the active vengeance, and there's so yeah. many people who are operating in inactive vengeance, and they don't realize how deeply rooted that inactive vengeance has come to be, and it is almost a permanent condition, a fixed condition in their hearts. And it's a dangerous place to be. And going to the laws of health for a moment, many individuals, that the health of that person is being very much jeopardized by way of inactive vengeance against another individual. One thing also, Judge Mosley, the reality is, even if we're on this phone and we say, well, yeah, we've been mad with people, we've been upset, but we're not mm-hmm. holding it, we're letting it go, because just like you said here, we as believers are to let God do the repaying and not us. However, we know that there is someone that's listening, and they can say, hey, I don't care what Judge Mosley got to say. I hate her, and she's going to get what's coming to her, <laughs> and I can't wait, and I'm going to rejoice. Talk to us about how do we help people to understand and not hold these grudges or not seek vengeance? Are there any types of tips or ideas or suggestions on what someone um, may could do that really wants to change, but they just don't know how because it hurts too bad. They're too mad. They're too pissed off. They're too upset. Well, as we discussed in the law of forgiveness, that first of all, that person has to recognize that they're operating in vengeance against another person. And nextly, they must have a sincere, a sincere desire to rid themselves of it. And that can only be done by the grace of God. But another aspect of that, the person has to realize, the Apostle Paul talks about counting the cost. 
Tawanda, I cannot, you cannot, Alexis, uh, Audrey, uh, Audrey's not on the line, but Anita, we cannot afford, and this is a double negative, and uh, Anita probably will correct me on this, but we cannot afford not to forgive. It costs too much. It costs too much to hold vengeance, art, animosity, ill will, and heart. You know what I'm doing? I'm holding myself back. I'm hindering my prayers. I'm blocking the blessings that will come to me. It is so imperative, even if I look at it just from a selfish point of view and not from a spiritual point of view, just to say I cannot afford this. It's costing me too much. It's going to cost me more and more as time goes along. So just for my personal benefit, I need to let this go. And if that doesn't help, yes. But, Judge, mostly it is true that we have to learn how to forgive and let go because in my own family, that came to pass when my grandmother had a very limited time left. When it was apparent that she wasn't going to be here because of the grudge holding, the older generation missed out on so much of my grandmother's time on earth in the last couple of years of her life because of that grudge they refused to come see my grandmother when certain people were at the house they refused to pitch in they did not communicate very well and towards the end of my grandma's life it was actually sad because my grandmother was the one who had to pay for that grudge because they couldn't put the grudge aside learn how to forgive, learn how to let go. My grandmother's last six months of life was pretty sad because my family is pretty large. And towards the end of her life, my grandmother only got to spend time with myself, my my sister and my cousins, and three out of six of her children that were still left here on earth. So when my grandmother passed, everybody was highly upset, and I was so upset to the point where I had some words with my family, and I said, you know what? This grudge has been here too long. You people need to get your act together because in the end, grandma ended up paying the price because you held this grudge so long, you refused to come see her, and now she's gone. So all you have left to visit is a gravesite when you could have drove the extra 10 minutes or you could have drove the extra 10 miles down the road, even if you're brother or sister was in the house you could have spent time with your mother but instead now your mother is gone and all you have to visit is a grave because i viewed that grudge and i learned not to be that way so i'm the only one in the family besides the other people in the younger generation who got to spend so much time with her towards the end of her life and now that she's gone the younger generation has so much more memories than the older generation because the older generation held on to that grudge refused to let it go and forgive they missed out on all that time Alexis, you made some very, very valid, valid points here, and hopefully there's some listeners right now, I'm sure they can relate to what you're saying, and what a huge price that everybody pays as a result of unforgiveness and vengeance, recompense, 
and taking the authority that belongs to God away. And we're just hopeful that what is being said here today, because I perceive that many, many other families are impacted, just as you described your family. And hopefully that someone will at least recognize the fact everyone is losing as a result of us holding on to this vengeance. And again, it's going to take the grace of God for many to be willing and able to release the vengeance that they have harbored in their hearts. But it's a spiritual matter in most instances, and that person truly has to have a desire to release. But now one thing we can do, which I'm sure you have done and probably continue to do, you've got to continue to pray for your family and that they recognize that vindictiveness and recompense and vengeance is permeating their hearts and impacting the entire family and that you would pray for the grace of God to move on your family members and cause them to be willing to accept the forgiveness that God has given to them and extend that forgiveness to other family members and ask the Lord to give them the wisdom, the authority, and the power in the Holy Spirit to remove that vengeance from their lives. Now, there are other consequences other than just not seeing the the grandmother in her last days. Judge, could you tell us some things, other consequences that people may have by not being, um, by holding on to that, um, um, the inactive vengeance? such as illness and things? Well, we talked about impacting your health, and we also Mm -hmm. talked about just the companionship of having that relationship. I'm the oldest in my family now, and my sister, who passed away a few years ago, was eight years older than me, and all my other siblings were even older. You know what the younger generation is missing now? There's a history. I can only start the history from the time that I was born or right after the time I was born that I can can relate to or reflect upon, that I can share with them. But in the case of your grandmother, they missed all of that history that they could have gotten about family uh, as well as wisdom and understanding and knowledge. Then again, sometimes it's a monetary missing. I'm not saying that was the case in your instance, but there's some who uh, of my generation, and when nephews and nieces wouldn't come around and, and uh, children would not come around, grandkids wouldn't come around, whatever material things they had, they gave it to the cats and the dogs and to, and, and to uh, a society of some kind. So oftentimes that's another area that, and not that you're doing it for that, but nevertheless, it could be some material benefit. It's not just for you, but for your children because you're holding a grudge. I remember growing up, one of my aunts was as mean as mean can be. But we were taught during those years to be respectful to older family members, to go by and see them, ask them if there's anything that you could do to help them. And, you know, Alexis, she blessed us. Although, as I said before, she was a hard person to deal with, but nevertheless, she blessed us monetarily and materially because we at least recognized the position that she held in the family and the fact that we, sh- we owed her that respect. And we know what the word says, honor 
it's our father and our mother. And it's not come just confined to your natural father and mother, but it deals with those who are older than you. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. You really shorten your time on this earth if you're not respectful to those that are older. If you can't put away some vengeance, a ill will, or art against them, and recognize the authority figure that they present, then you bring about ill will on yourself. So I appreciate that question, Alexis. Hopefully we have responded to it to some degree. But this obviously is an area that's impacting so many families. And when you open the discussion, you really come to learn how many families have been impacted in a negative way as 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 it relates to vengeance and what what it is doing to the family structure. And it's something that needs to be addressed. And hopefully when we get into Laws of Life Academy, we can have a course. One of the courses would deal with the law of vengeance and also trying to help people to get past that vengeance that's festering. It's like a cancer that's festering in the hearts and in the minds of so many people that they just cannot release it. And we know through the power of the Holy Spirit that there's nothing impossible with God. Amen to that. And this is really, you know, every law of life is definitely significant in its own right. But this is definitely, you know, when you, this is something that can be really emotional, just like Alexis said, and just like everyone I'm sure has pretty much experienced it's been happening to generations upon generations. And one thing um, that you mentioned, Alexis, like with the older generation and the younger, the biggest concern to me, um, Judge Mosley, is because of the vengeance, because of the hate, I know not just in my family but a lot of families, the younger generation don't even know their family. Because when you have two sisters or two siblings that won't speak, that means they won't allow the children to build and connect. And a lot of these kids are connecting on Facebook because they have the same last name and some mutual friends. But guess what? They're still strangers. And that's where, to me, it starts a world of confusion. And that's why you end up having cousins that meet at parties and events, and they have no idea that they're cousins until it's too late. Um, and there's just so many bad things that can happen. It's so important to to be able to forgive. And when someone holds that grudge and vengeance in their heart, it doesn't just affect them. It can affect the whole bloodline, and that is very that's sad. Is there any um any any questions that you ladies have before Judge Mosley closes us out? We have about five minutes. Any burning question, really quickly, that you want to ask or comment? I, I don't have any questions. I just wanted to encourage our listeners. The only person who's going to pay the price for you holding on a grudge is yourself. Because if you choose to hold on to this grudge, as time passes, it takes it out on yourself. Because the funny thing is, you're not going to remember why you were so mad at that person six months, a year, 10 years down the road. And by the time you get off your high horse, think of all that time that you have missed, the events, the life important messages. What Tawanda said is true, because if you choose to hold on this grudge, younger generations, the generations that come after you, end up paying the price. That wasn't the case for the younger generation in my family, because we were 
blessed to have parents who allowed the younger generation to get to know one another, but the parents themselves don't speak. And the younger generation learned from the older generation to try not to do that because I don't want to live the rest of my life paying for the mistakes of the older generation. I don't want history to repeat itself. Thank you so much for sharing that, and thank you for that encouragement to the listeners. We are definitely stronger together. Um, Anita, any closing comments or questions? No, I, I don't think I have anything else. All right, thank you so much for that. Judge Mosley, we'll let you close us out, please, sir. You have about four minutes. Well, we just want to pray for those who are in bondage to unforgiveness and vengeance. Father, we come right now in the precious name of Jesus. We thank you for this opportunity to share your word. And we speak in the name of Jesus to anyone who is listening to this program and what you have laid on our hearts to say on this afternoon. And, Father, we speak to that art, unforgiveness, recompense and vengeance, and we curse it right now in the name of Jesus. And we loose those who wish to be loose from those maladies. And, Father, we restore in its stead love, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And we speak it right now. We count it done, and we thank you for it in advance. And someone who is under the sign of our voice will be freed up as a result of this conversation we've had today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Mosley's Bench with former Judge Fred M. Mosley. To get more information on Fred M. Mosley, Mosley's Bench, The Laws of Life, or the nonprofit organization Justice Ministries, please tune in to the website at lawsoflifecourt.com or justiceministriesintl.com. Once again, that's lawsoflifecourt.com or justiceministriesintl.com. Thank you.